0: What is going on, guys? Hope you're doing well. We have an excellent episode coming out to you uh, in the next hour or so. It's an in-depth discussion with an amazing uh, person from Mr. Francesco Gotti. In this episode, we are going to dive into the world of um, um, Wim Hof breathing and Osho meditation a little bit as well. Do make sure you do your own research before uh, you know before deciding upon whether these things are for you, and especially with the Wim Hof breathing, do make sure that. You don't do the breathing exercise um, when you are floating on the water. Uh, so do make sure you are staying safe lying on the, on, the, on, on your floor. I, I found it's the best way to uh, and the safest way to do the Wim Hof breathing. But do make sure you do your homework on these, both of these, and then decide uh, whether they are for you. Some very, very, very in- intriguing discussions and excellent um, stress management techniques as well. And if you are interested in, in reducing your stress, do try out the uh, stress score in the HealthZilla app. You can measure your stress score only from your uh, fingertip by, by your phone camera so it's very easy even if you don't have any wearable devices secondly do try out our meditation timer in the app as well if you are into meditation and if you are not then this would be the great place just to start one so here we go enjoy the next episode with mr francesco Gatti. ready three two one welcome this is hellzilla weekly episode number 24 coming out to you live from singapore again it is a beautiful day and this time Uh, We are coming to you live also from Italy, uh, which is awesome. We have such a brilliant episode coming out to you uh, this week. Indeed, hope you are staying safe and staying well and sane as well. And hopefully you are already building on your healthy habits as um, we are going in and out of lockdowns um, because of the COVID situation. It seems that so many countries are seeing second waves of sorts uh, at least so do make sure you uh you stay safe wear the mask do the social distancing dance and still um you know stay healthy and build up your healthy habits by going into your runs and doing your homebound workouts or wherever you can do your workouts eat healthy make sure you sleep enough and upkeep your social relationships as well. So this week we have a special guest with us. Uh, We have Mr. Francesco Gatti with us uh, today. He is a a very um, awesome health enthusiast. Um, He has a very long experience from the health tech industry indeed. He's a qualified teacher, journalist, and counselor. Um, And recently he was the head of the uh, First Beat Lifestyle Assessment uh, at AXA here in Singapore, um, he has a passion in preventative health and performance enhancing lifestyle interventions. He is a Wim Hof practitioner and biohacker. He's done all sorts of awesome stuff such as silent meditation retreats, Wim Hof retreats and so on and so forth. I'm really looking forward to uh, this, this discussion. Welcome on board, Francesco.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me and for the opportunity for this chat. I'm really excited.
0: This is awesome. How is your day so far?
1: Amazing, so I just uh, had my of course cold shower, my coffee in a fasted state, and I had a Russian lesson as well, so i'm studying Russian uh, so I think uh, yeah, it was a great start
0: oh, that that sounds that sounds like the perfect morning routine a fasted state. Doing a cold shower um, and and some uh, obviously some mental, mental task work as well by by studying a foreign language. Uh, that's that's simply awesome. Uh, could you give us give us a short uh, introduction to yourself?
1: Sure. So I mean I'm Italian, and uh, I lived in Italy till 2004, and then I started traveling, and then officially in 2008 I moved to London, and that's where my life changed. So my academic background, I studied philosophy, I was a teacher, I was a journalist, uh, but then in London I completely changed my life, There was a new environment, new people, um, and you know I got kind of in tune with the exciting, um, super professional um, uh, vibes of the city of London and everything that can um, offer, so I got into business development. So first I worked in a startup for alcohol and drug testing, And so it was essentially biomolecular testing uh, for the legal sector, predominantly family law. Uh, And then the startup uh, was sold successfully. I stayed there in the new company for a year or so. And then I joined DNA Fit, which was uh, founded by the same founder and CEO of the previous startup who had a little bit of a break and then decided to get back into business with DNA Fit. And DNA Fit is... Was uh, 2014-2015 was a very pioneering DNA testing for in the health and fitness industry. So DNA tests for sport and nutrition, which now is almost like a commodity. Genetic testing has exploded in the last few years, but at the time DNA fit did a real great job of uh, opening the market, if you like. It was a driving force for this new market. And again, the NFIT is a success story. It was acquired um, a couple of years ago to three years ago by a larger group, Trinetics, which is based in Hong Kong, so near you. And um, and then I decided to change my life and move to Singapore. And in Singapore, as you mentioned before, I got um, to work with AXTA, it's a spin off of interactive. Uh, which has been working for many years uh, in collaboration with the Singapore government uh, software development company. But Axta specifically was in charge of the National Step Challenge, which is a Mm -hmm. massive project of the Singapore government trying to help uh, Singaporeans moving towards a healthier lifestyle. So it's a great initiative, perhaps the only one in the world from a government level where there is uh, active investment to try to improve the health of the citizens of a country so it was really exciting and but i was specifically um, in charge of a a product a business unit the first beat lifestyle assessment uh, because axa in, in addition to the step challenge the national step challenge was the exclusive distributor of first beat from finland and so I was uh, brought in the company to head, head up the, this
0: product uh, channel, this, this business unit. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. And then, then quite recently you moved back to Italy, right?
1: Well, then what happened is that after two years of, um, you know, being in Singapore, I decided that uh, that was enough. And then I wanted to have, um, again, a change. So I went traveling. (laughs) I left again. I left everything. And uh, we were traveling in Asia since um, December last year till March. And then (laughs) COVID happened. Of course, yeah. (laughs) And then so we had to quickly think on our feet and decide where... Because I could see this coming, you know, we were in Vietnam at the right time where COVID was um, escalating, you know, that the borders started to shut down. So I kind of realized that the plan of traveling was probably not a good idea. Mm. Um, At that time, be be mindful that uh, it wasn't as bad as, as just within weeks. It really was... That the, the turning point where many governments decided to completely shut down borders. Sure. And sure. thankfully, I had this intuition. Said, "Look, let's find a safe place and get be there." So we decided to go to Ukraine, where my beloved and um, partner mom lives, and she has this uh, very nice. Uh, House right by the sea in a little village by the Black Sea. So no, we no. managed just on time to escape Vietnam that closed the borders within two days. Ukraine, the same as soon as we arrived after 48 hours, they shut the borders as well. They stopped any traveling within the regions as well. So, you know, it, it, we kind of were so lucky that we managed to get safely at home. And then also because in this little village, we didn't have a single case of COVID registered. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, we didn't have a strict quarantine in the sense that, you know, every day we could go walk by the beach, you know, we would do like cold exposure because in March in Ukraine, it was very cold, zero degrees, uh, actually sub-zero in the night. So we would go in the morning, swim in the cold water just run by by the sea like it was super super amazing quarantine i have to say we're super
0: lucky oh mm-hmm. well, that, that that sounds simply awesome so it, it does seem like um because of uh, what's happened in your career um you know after being a journalist and and so forth you've sort of gotten uh into the health and fitness industry um was that sort of your your passion as well or uh, and how did you how did you sort of get into the health and wellness sector and get um excited about you know stuff like meditation and healthy habits and wim hof and so forth
1: yeah so meditation is slightly different because i got interested in meditation because of existential reasons i was looking for the meaning of life so it Mm. wasn't at the time. Uh, I was 18, 19. There was no biohacker, at least as far as I know. I didn't know anything about that. There were not many studies proving uh, that meditation was still a very niche thing for weirdos, you know, for the hippies or for people who are, you know, interested in in, in real spirituality. So there was no uh, evidence that meditation was good for, you know, relaxation, for sleep, for health in general. So it wasn't a, a health related interests it was more really a call from my soul Mm. so leaving that aside uh, I didn't have any education like most people when it comes to health and fitness so I was just you know doing physical exercises I was playing football Uh, but you know whatever was put on my plate I would eat and uh, you know the I would breathe any air that is available in the environment and I would get uh, the exposure to nature, whatever was possible. But I didn't have any um, education, not much awareness. You know, you just go with whatever the environment you are in leads you to do. Uh, But then because of my professional involvement with DNA Fit, there at that point, uh, my life really changed and I started taking responsibility over my own health because like most people in the world, I also, of course, had my health issues that I tried to fix in, uh, in different ways, uh, going to doctor, going, trying alternative medicines. I don't want to go into the details, but you know, I had a number of, of issues, Yeah. Uh, especially, you know, not feeling very energetic. You know, for me, it was this idea. I knew that, uh, It's not normal not to feel energetic and and sharp in my mind and just kind of struggle to get to the end of the day. So I was really trying hard, you know, taking this supplement, trying this diet, cutting the... You know, I was going up and down, but nothing really worked uh, long-term until I got exposed to... um, the right environment, I would say, because working at DNA Fit first, I had to educate myself and uh, the chief scientific officer of DNA Fit is uh, Dr. Gr- uh, Professor, perhaps, Dr. Mm. K- Keith Grimaldi, which is one of the leading scientists in nutrigenetics. Okay. Uh, he's, a, he's a luminary, he's one of the world leading scientists so I, I I was with him, asking him questions personally, attending the conferences for my own education, even extra sometimes traveling because he is based in Italy, he would teach at university, so I would go just for my own interest and um, and then of, obviously we would uh, Um, I started to, I learned the word biohacker. I I didn't know anything about biohacking before then. And for example, once we sent uh, a trial test uh, to Ben Greenfield, he did the test and there was a consultation with our head of product, Andrew Steele, an ex-Olympic athlete. So there was this Fascinating conversation discussing the results of sure. Ben Greenfield. So from that moment, I realized that you know Ben Greenfield has a podcast and he invites all these uh, very knowledgeable people in in the world of health and fitness. So then we did the same with uh, more recently with um, uh, sorry the the, the the top guy for biohacking, at least in terms of uh, recognition and fame. Hmm. Um, Okay, now uh, for some reason I can't remember his name. Uh, so, I mean, I started to educate myself and uh, read books. And then the other big influence in my interests was uh, Alessandro Ferretti, a nutritionist from Italy who was based in the UK, whom I approached to collaborate with the NFE as a consultant, as an educator. And uh, and I had an opportunity to, again, ask him a lot of questions, attend his lectures, and he is the one that really started to shape the way that my daily habits changed in terms okay. of nutrition and in terms yeah mainly nutrition I mean that really changed a lot and when mm-hmm. I say nutrition, i don't say any uh, I, I want i'd like to differentiate between diet, which seems something restrictive with nutrition, which to me means something more where you are consciously thinking of food as nutrients as something that is beneficial to your health so every time i eat i try to think is this going to go well with my body is this going to give me energy is this going to make me feel tired and uh, and you know brain fog uh, is this going to have a positive effect on my body or not so that sure, it sure. changed my, my relationship with food and and the way i see these these nutrients and energy and and i started to feel so much better so um, yeah i mean i can go into the details if you like or what i've done of course uh, so i
0: i was just gonna ask you know how, how does your how does your uh, nutrition nutrition or how does how does your food intake currently look like
1: So as an Italian, I grew up on pasta, pizza, bread, like heavy carb (laughs) loaded. And that's the norm. And I still see like my nephews, for example, the way they eat, it's really heavily carb loaded. You know, you you wake up with uh, a cornetto, you know, the the croissant or some biscuits with jam like so much sugar and then you carry on lunch with lunch at, with, with pasta and then you can have pizza and then some bread. I mean, it's like 70, 80% of calorie maybe come from carbohydrates. And then because I did the DNA testing as well, I came up with very sensitive to carbohydrates. So that was the kind of wake, wake up call. Uh, and Alessandro Ferretti, he's a proponent of the ketogenic diet. He's one of the experts. He's doing a lot of research. So I'm not here to say the ketogenic diet works for everyone. I kind of now I'm, I have a much more relaxed and open-minded. Uh, so I just don't want to give the wrong message that, you know, everyone should do a ketogenic diet. But there are lots of benefits, especially for me at that time, being very sensitive to carbohydrate and i went for maybe a year or two on a sort of strict uh, ketogenic diet uh, meaning that i was testing my blood sugar and my ketone levels on a daily basis because sure. otherwise you you don't know if you are in ketosis or not and that was a real life changing experience because and in addition of course i was i started doing the intermittent fasting yeah. or better to say um time restricted feeding because yeah. fasting technically is when you really fast only water uh, and at least should be 24 hours so i, I also feel like it's, it's important to differentiate so i would just um because i was working in the office like so much easier ideally it's best to do um in my opinion for me kind of eating around between uh, maybe 10 to 4 p.m yeah. uh, but in in a working environment with that uh, routine uh, it was much better, much easier and more, especially in the morning, feeling this uh, very sharp uh, mind and no brain fog whatsoever. That was such an amazing uh, feeling. So going, like waking up, doing some light physical activity, Having you know a nice good quality coffee, and then get to the work at work in a fasted state and really be very productive, and then at lunch having some carbohydrates and veg and a bit of healthy fat, and then at dinner a little bit larger, trying to eat as early as possible. Um, of course, not to eat too close to bedtime, at least three hours, whenever it's possible. Of course, if you're a busy professional and you, look, you work long hours, you know, that that's a bit of a compromise that everyone has to do. But for me, um, that was the, the, and that's how even now that I am free from the office uh, slavery, <laughs> if you <laughs> yeah, like. yeah, yeah. Say that I I still keep that kind of uh, routine where I only eat twice a day uh, or once, you know, depends. Mm-hmm. If I feel mm-hmm. any time I feel something is not wrong, is once. For example, just uh, now it's been almost. Uh, you know, I only had lunch yesterday. I didn't have dinner uh, because being in Italy, it's very difficult to <laughs> keep uh, a healthy um, diet, nutrition plan. Oh yeah, temptations are all the time, everywhere. And as Oscar Wilde famously said, I can resist everything apart from temptations. <laughs>
0: <laughs> in, in, so, in you know, I,
1: I had a little bit of ice cream, a little bit of uh, pasta, not too much, but, you know, I, I gave up to that. <laughs> and it's not wrong because I have a strong baseline now for, of many, many years. So hmm. I feel immediately that has an impact. So to go back to baseline, the best thing is to do just fast and really resets me, and, and then, you know, today I'm definitely am going to have a much more clean diet. So it sure. looks like the ideal perfect kind of um, plate would be vegetable with uh, with protein and healthy fat, and then can be like, you know, avocado, eggs, and, and veg, or fish and veg. That's like perfect. Sure. And then sometimes, you know, I can have a little bit of meat and not have your meat at all, sure. Uh, but you know, occasionally just for variety, um, and yeah, I mean that that that's really. But again, you know, not perfect. You know, sometimes I do it, uh, and then depends on the physical activity as well. Because if I'm not like a, a massive sportman, mm. uh, but when I push a little bit more, and then you need a higher intake of uh, calories. And then maybe I can uh, have a little bit more protein or include some carbohydrates as well.
0: Sure, sure. So basically, just to summarize, Francesco, I guess um, um, your sort of nutritional plan, if you may, is is based on intermittent fasting or time-restricted eating, as you mentioned, and uh, a bit lower on the carbohydrate side, uh, mostly, you know, vegetables um, and and sort of lean proteins, um, such as fish and so forth, right?
1: Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, that, that's how it looks like. And then, of course, there are different elements. You know, it's important also when it comes to quantity. I don't count calories, never counted, even when I was on the ketogenic diet. For me, it's, um try not to feel heavy after a meal. Yeah. So it's,
0: it's that- the idea... Mm-hmm. That is actually a really good tip, um, trying not to feel heavy after a meal. I mean, if if we'd all sort of adhere to that, maybe we wouldn't need to sort of even try to count calories or, or, or whatnot. So that is actually something that I do challenge all the listeners to try out, um, to eat only as much which doesn't make you feel heavy. That's a, that's a good point, Francesco.
1: Yeah, that 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 my experience because uh, you know especially if when I, I again I'm not perfect but when I eat slowly and I can really feel I feel that okay now I'm satisfied and then when I stop so that I can stand up and carry on whatever I was doing like you know if you have to do some kind of mental work, you don't have that massive dip that happens when you yeah. overeat. So overeating is not good for longevity, there are studies on that, it's very well known um, that, you know, because it, it, it's very, there are different uh, biochemical pathways, and I'm not a scientist, but it's, it's almost intuitively, essentially you overload the body to work harder, so it's not a very smart thing to do. So a little bit, uh, not under eating, but not overeating. eating. So th- that's one rule of thumb that can be applicable to everything. And then, of course, is the quality of food as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's a much more difficult uh, thing to realize in practical life, especially for people who travel a lot or if you have to eat uh, outdoor at restaurants. That's very tough. I, I, in, in reality, it's like this. Uh, but I know I'm aware about the quality of food. So as much as I can, I try to eat um, organic or locally sourced food. For example, when I was in Singapore, I must say that was one of the biggest challenges I had to find oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. quality uh, organic food because mm. everything is important. It's just the reality of it.
0: Exactly. No, I, I do. I do fully agree with you. And it's a good point, which you raised that, you know, we, we are not, we, none of us are perfect, right? And it's, it's impossible to try to live a life whereby you strictly restrict yourself to eating certain types of um, uh, foods which are sourced locally and so forth, because, you know, we have our social lives as well and we travel and all that type of stuff too. So you sort of need to build up your own own balanced medium, I guess, whereby you try your best and you, you follow the, the sort of nutritional regime you have to the best you can, uh, not necessarily being perfect at it, right?
1: Exactly. So that's my philosophy. I mean, mm-hmm. I have to say... For a couple of years, I was quite strict. You know, yeah. I was at the beginning. I really wanted to see the results. I was totally into it. I could feel the massive difference made in my life. So I was highly, highly motivated because once you start, within a week, within days, actually, maybe even just after one meal, you see the difference and that's yeah. motivation. Sure. And then if you carry on and then you have this very solid baseline where your body knows how it should be feeling and then there are no limits to that you can still feel better and better and better but then sometimes you go off rail a little bit fine you know the difference and you can come back to that baseline that is healthy so you know I normally have one cheat meal very rarely I have two cheat meals on a row so I do yeah. one and then the day after I feel a bit like mm, okay so I a. Go back to the very clean diet or just uh, fast. Probably fasting for me is the best reset that I know.
0: Yeah, it's, it, it makes sense. It, it does. It does. So that gives you the sort of balance to enjoy um, a bit like, um, you know, off, off, off the limits food as well um, uh, every now and then without being too restrictive.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, I, for example, now I'm in Italy, and I must say, you know, ice cream is just divine, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. A lot of yeah. But, sure, sure. but I, in a ketogenic diet, ice cream is possibly the, the worst thing that you can imagine, even though, of oh, course, yeah. there are genetic variations. I should do some testing and see the, the sugar spike uh, mm. of, of ice cream compared to maybe pasta. I haven't done that, but I know, I feel it is... is is. Yeah. Um,
0: it's not like the healthiest meal, but of course so not. No, no, once in a while, I ju- just go for it. Everything in moderation, I guess. so yeah. <laughs> All right, Francesco. Um, let's let's um, shift the gears a bit. Um, because um, one of the one of the interesting experiences you've done um is the full Wim Hof retreat experience. Um, could you sort of give, an, uh, give a background in terms of what got you into Wim Hof breathing the cold therapies and how was the experience with the man himself?
1: Yes. Yeah, so, well, again, the, how I got involved is because of this expo- professional exposure to the biohacker. So I don't remember exactly how I came across Wim Hof. Maybe it was some social media posting, was one podcast with Ben Greenfield of Dave Asprey. That's the, yeah. <laughs> now it came in mind. Oh, yeah, Dave, Dave Asprey, yeah. The famous Dave Asprey. So, you know, basically I I saw uh, and I heard about this extraordinary man um, who is propagating the health benefits of cold exposure. So I got interested. um, And then uh, essentially what I did, like I normally do with this kind of things, I tried out. Um, You know, I read a little bit, but I don't want to, I don't have to know everything before trying I'm not the kind of person. Maybe I was when I was younger, but now let's see if it works. So I started with a cold shower. Simple. It's free. No need to pay anything. I was in London at the time. It was winter, so I had plenty of quite, quite cold. Uh, water coming out uh, of of the tub so I started and immediately immediately I felt um, rejuvenated you know it's quite you know a bit of a challenge at the beginning but the effect was very visible if like you feel it of course From there, of course, I started to get a little bit more into it. So I think it was a year or almost two where I just did cold shower, I did the breeding on my own at home, and I was watching the videos, following all the different interviews. And because nowadays the beauty of uh, social media um, is that information is really available. You know, you get the real stuff and all you have to do is to practice. Um, then... If you want to go deeper, then you can do the experience. So at that point, I felt like, okay, I reached the point where I, okay, this is this is really good for me, and I want to go a step further. I want to meet the man, and I want to really have the full-on experience. So I booked. Was July? I was in Greece. It was like a heat wave with forty degrees, and I was like dying (laughs) from the heat. I was on the sofa, uh, and I booked for the. um, week experience in Poland that would be in December. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> and so basically, yeah, that's that's what I did. And then in December of that year, I don't remember, like, you know, a few years ago, maybe five years ago, something like that, I traveled to Poland and, uh, and spent basically a week there, Uh, With a number of other people, we were like maybe 60 altogether, maybe more, divided into three different groups. Wim Hof was present. He welcomed us. He gave a lot of inspirational talks and he supervised the whole experience. He wasn't leading all the workshops because, of course, at that point, Wim Hof was already quite popular. There was quite a lot of people. So there are you know, different, um, you know, assistants, different qualified instructors who uh, lead the course. But he was there, he was present every evening playing the guitar. You could ask him questions. There were sessions with him where everyone would, uh, you know, ask any questions. He led as well, some reading um, exercises and, um, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I, spent some time with him. Once I was walking on my own outdoor and he came, he was, of course, uh, barefoot in shorts.
0: (laughs) Sure, sure. (laughs)
1: Uh, He just, you know, like an amazing guy. Like he's so genuine. Like he's one of those people that the way you see him on the video is in reality. There is absolutely no (laughs) difference. Okay. Okay. Powerful. The man is really inspirational.
0: Okay. Fantastic. And did you get to climb the mountain as well?
1: Correct. So the biggest difference was uh, the fact that um, we don't, we didn't just do the breathing exercises and jumping into cold rivers, which actually is much colder than uh, any cold shower, or even of if course, you get a yeah. because it's running water in December from the mountain with you know just to get undressed. So the first day for me that was the shock. Uh, we went out, and they said, "Okay, now I'll get undressed." And jump into the river. I mean, that was crazy because, like, the the, <laughs> the water was so cold. You know. <laughs> of
0: course, yeah. <laughs> like,
1: I have to say that was a shock. And then I started trembling and shaking for maybe an hour or so. But they were training us to be able to get to familiarize also with this feeling of the shaking. So they didn't allow us to go straight into the sauna or to get to get dressed quickly because. You need to train your body and the mind to get used with this feeling. Uh, and and that's how they prepared you. And I have to say that within a few days, I, I thought it would be impossible for me to do such, you know, a thing yeah. like yeah. walking up the mountains with minus 15, with blowing wind in shorts. I mean, this is crazy if you, if you told me before, but I did it. And it's not just me. And I'm not a particularly kind of super strong, super fit guy, you know, I'm an average, healthy, fit guy. Uh, but, and there were people much older. There was, there was like a 60 plus year uh, man. There were, there were lots of ladies, some people with some very health issues, like with cancer. Sure. But that, the incredible thing about this is that it's not a fit of the body, of the strength of the body. It has more to do with the with the mind, and I'm mm-hmm. I'm happy to go more in, into the details of uh, what for me was the re- realization. Of
0: that. that would be awesome, yeah.
1: So for me, like w- 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 like if you go to the gym and you want to put muscle, it's it's really about uh, you know making an effort. Of course, there are mind components, but the the fact with the cold, what I realized that it's not about how strong you are in terms of being able to lift something heavy but it's about not allowing the mind to interfere with the natural ability of the body to cope with extreme situation that was the, the biggest realization you know kind of going beyond the fear of death because in that extreme situation yeah if you are walking up there and towards the end i almost had a little crisis i was I actually quite well all the way but towards the end i was really getting uh, to a point where i felt like you know i could weave and and I could see that the thought came of some doubt, something, oh my God, I can't do it, something like that. And I did not even allow this thought to enter my consciousness. Because if that happens, then you can just collapse in in, in a second. Of course. yeah. Back. So it was the experience to face the fear and face the negative minds or these intrusive thoughts that can come into your consciousness and not allowing that and just focusing on the step-by-step process of just simply keep moving going up and and everything is fine and you can do it and and i did it and i reached the top and the interesting thing is that for five three hours going up i never had any shiver anything i mean my arms were completely frozen blocked i could hardly move and you know there were a lot of pain uh, and I could feel the cold on the skin, but not inside. Inside, I didn't have a shiver a single time. That's quite incredible. But then as soon as we uh, reached the top and they said, okay, basically, you know, you're done, immediately I started shivering like a leaf.
0: mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: So that really made me understand that it's all about the mind because at that point I gave up, Say, okay, I've done it. The guys, the instructors, they told us, when you reach the top, it's not finished, you have to come down. But, you know, obviously for me, that was like, ah, I made it, I've done, I'm done. And then is where the mind entered and I started shivering and feeling (laughs) weird because you feel cold and then you know it's it's and then we went uh, obviously we had a little rest we went inside a little place to have some warm drinks we dressed up but i was shivering for maybe an hour because all yeah. the blood started circulating the cold and the and the hot mix you know that there the, is there is a physical physiological explanation of what happens uh but the the interesting part is that up to the point it didn't happen it only happened when i allowed like my mind to kind of, okay, I'm done and let go. So that was the learning experience. It's a life learning experience that it goes beyond the experience of being in the cold. You know, it's something that really you can apply everything in the life. So that's why I think this type of experience is not just about the cold or the resilience. It's really something that you can take into your life in any situation, really life transformative in the true sense of the word.
0: Oh yeah. It, so- it sounds very, very powerful. And I've, um, I've had this, this sort of dream of mine for a long time to, to go there myself as well. So let's see, whenever the COVID situation eases up a bit, maybe I can, I can then, then, then do it. One question which I, which I have for you about this, uh, Francesco is, is the, what, what in your view is the connection between the breathing and the cold exposure? Cause I, I do, I'm sort of, tried tried this myself for i've done Wim Hof breathing for for a few years now uh, occasionally i'm not doing it every day but like maybe a few times a week um, and i've i've sort of found when i've been uh, uh, you know somewhere where there's a cold plunge pool or something so i can go into the cold pool and do the breathing in the cold pool and that actually the breathing then helps out to um, to you know uh, reduce the cold feeling and, and you sort of get into this nice uh, mental state, even though you are there in a four degree water. But what in your mind is the connection between the Wim Hof breathing and the cold exposure?
1: Yeah, I think that's a really crucial point. And I heard a lot of um, debate, there is a big debate and different people in different podcasts and blogs I've read, uh, they have different ideas. And uh, for me, what my, is my personal experience and understanding is that it goes together is one package Mm. as Wim says and now I see the point initially I didn't trust well I just didn't take it because I did the whole experience and then I came back home and I started doing a lot of cold exposure which I still do Um, so for example when I was in Singapore I bought a chest freezer to put the water so that every day I would wake up in the morning and go into the icy cold water because It's awesome, <laughs>
0: <is> awesome
1: <laughs> just just to give you an idea of how really inspired i got after this training you know i really wanted to and 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 it happened that i moved to singapore straight after the experience with wim hof and in singapore even if you put full cold water it's never like it's nowhere near cold it's just okay. literally warm me
0: only totally look warm so yeah absolutely
1: i had to come up with with a solution and and that was great so every day I I could do that and I was doing it without any breathing because for me, I said, okay, look, you know, the breathing, it's, I don't know. I feel like um, maybe uh, what I'm interested, I just like the feeling of the cold. So I just wake up in the morning without preparation. The first thing, believe me, like I would just go into the cold for a few minutes and then come out and do the same at the evening after work when I come back home. And uh, and it was working perfect. I mean, like I love the cold feeling, the cold exposure, and it, there are lots of health benefits just doing the cold exposure. But then a few months ago, I received an email to be, um, be part of this um, kind of trial new online course that Wim Hof is uh, preparing, and uh, and I accepted. I said, yeah, that's a great opportunity, and of course it included the breathing. So I started doing the breathing again just maybe six months ago and I've been doing it every day since. And, um, and just cl- something clicked because, you know, it, it's a full package and the relationship between the two to answer your question is that um, it seems that by doing the breathing you stimulate adrenaline mm. which prepares you to face the cold better. Yeah, yeah. So I think what happens is that once you get used to the cold and you can mentally prepare, you can, like, as Wim says, I've seen, I've, I've heard him saying this, that he, he he can go straight into the cold and the body is already prepared. It knows what to expect. And he's already producing that adrenaline and, and, and those chemical changes that will help him to withstand the extreme condition. But the breathing has a place, and it has some benefits in itself. Now there are a lot of. Uh, there is a very interesting book just came up called "The Breath," and they discuss all the different breathing techniques and the benefits of, you know, of course, all the ancient tradition of pranayama. Hmm. And you know, the breathing is, it's not being created by Wim Hof, but what he did he made it popular. He calls him calls it uh, breath work. Yeah, that is more neutral. It's more kind of um, Scientific, it's nothing to do with the tradition of yoga meditation, but obviously that's exactly what it is, <laughs> right?
0: Yeah, yeah, indeed, indeed. Yeah.
1: And um, and I mean, these are really powerful techniques. So I think that for me, you can just do the breathing and have amazing health benefit, even if you don't do the cold. You can just do the cold and it has amazing benefits. You can just do the mindset, which is the other part of the Wim Hof method and of course mindset is everything in life but the combination of all the three is the full package and that's why the Wim Hof method I think is so effective and so beneficial so when it comes to the cold and the breathing it helps to withstand the cold especially the beginning
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, so I would suggest for people who are interested to to do it properly because whenever there is someone like Wim Hof Let's call him, like, you know, someone that is a teacher or a master in something that have experience. And whenever these guys design a method, then everyone else follow, and then they start changing bits and bobs. And I don't think that's very beneficial, in the sense that the guy has come up with a system because he is really a master of it. And there is a reason for it. So I would suggest people to just, if they're interested in it, to do it... Properly end to end, including the breathing, including the mindset, including the
0: cold. Now, um, and and that's a good point. But um, in terms of the the frequency of doing the breathing, because people, some people say that should do it on a daily basis. Some people should say that you know do it whenever you feel like you know having a breathing session or cold therapy session. What is what would be your your sort of recommendation?
1: Yeah, so um, that's another thing that I hear a lot, and I don't know what basis people say you should do it once a week twice a week you know what what is the evidence or the or the reason why you know like i think for me i've been doing it every day for for a long time and then sometimes because it stimulates adrenaline but it's interesting because it doesn't make me feel uh, because normally adrenaline is not something you want in your system all the time, otherwise you become, you know, a bit anxious or edgy. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but for some reason, with the Wim Hof method, for me it makes me feel more relaxed. Makes mm. me feel like I can cope better with stress because what I'm doing is like this concept of hormesis, hormetic stress, which is the same as cold. So you do yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely.
0: The
1: and and what and the most crucial part of the breathing is the breath hold. Hmm. so when you don't breathe for a certain period of time you're creating stress to the body so you're adapting it's like an adaptation to a stressful situation and then you do the cold again it's an adaptation to a stressful situation so you become more resilient to stress and I can speak out of my own experience I used to have a lot of uh, stress and anxiety and since I'm doing these techniques I feel that I can cope much better with stress so I think it can be done every day. But then obviously, if some people feel that uh, they, they they become more, I don't know, aggressive or edgy or mm-hmm. feel like it's is, is too much adrenaline in the system for any reason, then of course they should come down. But I don't see any supporting evidence for saying you should just do it once or twice a week. I hear a lot of biohackers saying, ah, oh, just do it. I don't know like for me it's great it's so effective and it's safe to do every day uh, without overdoing it you know you just do a session in the morning and um, yeah I mean uh, that's it okay. you, know? but, um, you just feel feel how it uh, if it's good for you or if, if it's not
0: that's that's awesome. That that is such a great, great story and then great explanation as well. Makes me want to do Wim Hof breathing um rounds right now, but uh maybe maybe later today. Um let's let's focus a little bit on the third Sort of aspect of the whole Wim Hof method we spoke about the breathing, the cold, uh, cold exposure, and then the third um, pillar, if you may, is, is is the is the mindset, if you if you may, which one one uh, large portion of that obviously being meditation. Now you have a you have a long um, experience on meditation. Um, um, what sort of you mentioned earlier that that you had you had some personal reasons why you why you got into meditation, uh, but what what is your current um, sort of routine on meditation? Uh, and I, I am hearing that that you went on a went on a silent meditation retreat. Was it ten days or something? Would be very interesting to hear your experiences about that.
1: Yeah. So when it comes to meditation, perhaps here I, is where I kind of. Uh, go my own way if you like from from what uh, is the mainstream uh, even in the biohacker movement which i appreciate sure. that they are uh, embracing meditation because of all the scientific evidence that has come up but again for me meditation is something to do with my spiritual development even though they also talk about spiritual development and you know that you can argue uh, about what that is but so uh, to answer your question essentially what is nowadays presented as meditation can be something to do with the mindset with uh, you know repeating affirmation visualize v- visualizing what you want to achieve in life or you know repeating a mantra or focusing your attention onto something a sound or you know your breath which is called focusing your attention and to me the the way i understand meditation and the way my teacher and master explains it to me uh, that's not meditation that's more of a mind exercise is that's again something to do with the mind it is very valuable you can go a long way but it's not meditation in the sense of going beyond the mind so that's really what osho for example i i I am a Sannyasin of Osho. I've been in, initiated into the tradition of Osho. is a contemporary mystic. Left the body in 1990, uh, but you know there are lots of discourses available of Osho, and and he's the same. If you really read the Buddhist tradition, what Buddha said is is the same. So even though mindfulness is presented as a sort of um, focusing your attention onto something but really uh, buddha was teaching to go beyond the mind so essentially with meditation you reach a state where there are no thoughts in the mind and it's something that you can achieve doing any practice in few minutes per day <laughs> and uh, and it's very hard to sell <laughs> of, course,
0: <laughs> but, of course but
1: but that's what it is so and that's what i kind of practice and i aim to do and also also, introduce active meditation, which includes breath work, which it, it includes body work, it includes the emotional level as well. This is something that is completely still untouched in the world of traditional meditation teachers that you find nowadays. So there are some blocks to the experience of having no thoughts in their mind, especially for modern people like us. Uh, we are so overstimulated chronically, um, all day long, that you know, when you sit down and you close your eyes, all you see in your mind is more and more thoughts, and can be very frustrating. And that's why many people they kind of don't like meditation, mm. um, even though then they they keep doing it because they hear that there are lots of benefits, and these benefits are real. There is evidence. There is now science backing it up, but it's all presented as as a biohacking tool. To relax your mind, to sleep better, to be more focused at work, more productive, especially in the corporate world, it makes me a little bit chuckle that meditation is used, uh, you know, as a tool to be more productive. It's true, it works. It's it's like this, and 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 there are health benefits, and I'm totally uh, in favor of that. Yeah. But again, for me, that's just uh, the the most superficial level. The deeper level is that. Through meditation, you really want to know who you really are, and who you really are is something that goes beyond any content of the mind, it's a dimension beyond the mind, and it's something so ephemeral, so um, difficult to catch and talk about. That's why meditation teachers are called mystics and, and they're yeah. not uh, <laughs> uh, scientists, even though there is a science of mysticism, but it follows a, a slightly different uh, category and parameters. And I feel like maybe one day science will catch up. I mean everything that science is doing is just confirming what these guys thousands of thousands of years ago have realized without any tool available at the time. So all this technology, these great discoveries of the modern technology, are simply saying, "Oh yeah, actually, Brett works and it does this, and it does that, and it 's so great And how come these guys have realized it thousands of years ago without any measurement so it's, it's a little bit um, in a way you know i 'm very pleased that it is happening because that more people are getting into experiencing the health benefits of what uh, yoga meditation can do, uh, but it 's just uh, scratching the surface in my view sure, sure.
0: I, I do I do understand what you 're saying in terms of going going beyond the mind. Um, as well, because I've sort of, I've done meditation for a few years, the superficial sort of mindfulness meditation, if you may, for a few years myself. And i have sort of only, I know that I'm only scratching the surface, um, especially, you know, combining that with the, with the um, experiences uh, through the Wim Hof breathing exercise, for example, where you get this sort of a bit of a meditative state of leaving your body for a bit um, um, uh, during the breath hold and so forth. I've, I've sort of thought that okay, well, what is this this talk about going beyond the mind? That when you when you meditate enough and with enough focus and for years and years, then you will be able to potentially find that place um, of you know stillness beyond any stimulation or any focus on on any breath or sounds or mantras or whatnot. Now, in terms of your meditation practice, uh, Francesco, how does it look like uh, nowadays?
1: Yeah. So just to I think what what you said is very important because, and I think that's why I think uh, the Wim Hof method is so helpful for many people because it's a very fast track um, way to experience uh, glimpses of no mind. So you can have during the breath war, during the extreme exposure to cold, you can have a moment where there are no thoughts because you can't allow your mind to flicker. And that's what, meditation is really about and you obviously you can't just be in the cold all the time so but that gives you that experience that there is a dimension that is beyond our normal state where we are chronically having thoughts in our mind so and before the Wim Hof I I tasted that uh, dimension beyond the mind through the uh, Osho active meditation so this is the techniques I practice Uh, The most um, famous, if you like, is called dynamic meditation, which includes 10 minutes of chaotic breathing. It's similar, but not exactly the same as Wim Hof, but it's, uh, you know, forceful breathing which stimulates, uh, um, of course, you know, the release of CO2 and uh, it gives a lot of energy. And also it breaks the patterns of the mind because it's a very chaotic, it's a non-rhythmic Type of breathing. So it helps to open up the unconscious. And then in the second stage, you go full catharsis. You express your emotions, you move your body. So everything that's been built up in the body and in the mind, you can, and, and emotionally, energetically, you can let it go and break up the shell that mm-hmm. we carry on in our daily life. And then in the third stage, you jump on the spot, you shout a mantra, who, very powerful, that raise your energy upward. And really very very powerful energizing technique and then you stop so you have an active part which prepares you your body mind and energy to then go beyond the mind so in the silent stage you completely stop any activity and again there is this very beautiful contrast between the peak of activity to total stillness and there Hopefully, ideally, if you have done well the first part of activity, you can experience uh, the, these glimpses of no mind. And then it also has an element of celebration. Uh, so at the end, there is a very nice music where you can move the body and dance So to end on a positive um, gratefulness kind of feeling to, to do it, to, to finish the meditation. And you normally do it in the morning, empty stomach, and it's a wonderful way to start the day. And then there are many other techniques that mainly involve um, music, dancing, breath work, and body movement. And, and so, and then obviously there is always a part of silence at the end. Mm-hmm. What you do. The, so this and um, these are the meditation I practice. I mean, normally my routine in the morning. Uh, because I'm traveling, I don't have the right space for doing activities. I do breath work. Um, and also because I've done like 20 years of this active meditation. And uh, also I didn't do just the 10 days uh, retreat. I, I lived for a whole year in Nepal in a forest doing, you know, up to 10 hours meditation per day. That was in 2007. and And then, you know, countless retreats. I mean, like for me, holidays... Means going wow. and doing some meditation retreats, and then with my partner, we used to organize meditation events in London. Uh, we tried to do something in Singapore as well, but it didn't work very well. Sure. Uh, so, and now, now we are traveling. But yeah, I mean, for me, meditation is—it's not just um, like a, a hack or a tool, or it's—it's it's my lifestyle
0: okay so it's it's much much more than and sort of a tool for biohacking and then doing some some 1% improvements it is it is as you said it's like a lifestyle really
1: yeah yeah that's correct absolutely yeah
0: it's 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 interesting um uh, me and our co-founder aki we did a two um episode Sort of series on meditation uh, as Aki is a, is a very keen meditator himself as well and we were talking about um, the, the and as for what you mentioned as well Francesco just now is, is the constant stimulation of the mind um, because we, we like there's always something going on you you're on your phone you're on your computer um, you're listening to podcasts for example which is not a bad thing but it's still stimulation or you're listening to audio books you're reading something and there's like, there are very little times during the day in the modern day life whereby you're actually just alone with your thoughts, uh, you know, and, and, and better yet to be even without your thoughts, just in that no mind state. Now, it would, be, it would be sort of interesting to hear your thoughts in terms of how important it is to learn to be with your thoughts and push yourself towards being comfortable uh, without having any external stimulation to your to your mind,
1: well, that's everything. Because uh, you know my experience, my understanding of all the mystics, what they say is that uh, when we are born, our natural state is is a clean sheet, and then we form our minds with whatever content we find in the environment, and then we get into a habit where we process thoughts. In, in such a way that becomes so automatic that we believe that's our reality. But if we then, as adults, we consciously make an effort to retreat um, and it can be on a daily basis or you can have, you know, weekly weekends or, or monthly retreat or, you know, whenever you have an opportunity, you stop, at least you stop the damage. So you you stop the stimulating the mind with new content. And there is a lot of content already there, years and years and years of talking information and processing images, emotion, thoughts, sounds. So that's more than enough to keep you busy. So what normally happens in, in silent retreats or meditation retreats is that at the beginning you have even an an exponential increase of all the thoughts just because you put attention to these thoughts and then slowly slowly they started to to come down so I think normally it takes three days to feel a little bit of uh, the curve slowing down so ideally nowadays the problem is that people are so busy they never have time to take time off but you know, that, that, that's the whole point. That's exactly the point because we are always on doing something, you know, from reading, from working. And even if you don't work, what we do, we do some other type of activities. You know, there are some people who have TVs or some radio, some things chronically on, or whenever they have a break, they start checking the phone just because they really literally cannot stay 30 seconds without doing anything. So, you need this constant stimulation it's addictive, you know and it's it's like this that's how we work. so the first step for anyone interested in meditation is to stop new stimulants and then uh, ideally, you start learning the techniques that can help you to you know cope with the with the thoughts that you already have, and there are more than enough to keep you busy for a long time oh yeah,
0: oh yeah. So, because you you are like a like a meditation professional, if you may, because you you are living a lifestyle through uh, meditation. So, um, as there will be a lot of listeners out there who, who potentially have dabbled on with meditation or have have um, have thought about starting to meditate, what would be your sort of top tips to starting uh, meditation?
1: Move express don't sit and and just close your eyes and try to meditate because that can put a lot of people off like it happened to me before i came to know about the osho active meditations so there are techniques that allow you to kind of go along with this stimulation of the mind that can release the tension so it's Mm -hmm. like you're trying your stress and then okay now lie down and relax you no, for me, it was like, that makes me even more stressed. <laughs>
0: <So, laughs> yeah, I understand. Yeah, yeah.
1: So it's like, okay, you're stressed, fine, great. So just do some activity to release and move this energy. Because these energies, the, the stress is not just sentimental. It's also in your body, in your emotion. And there is an energy level that uh, still science uh, doesn't really didn't put the hands on but we all know by experience sometimes you feel very energetic sometimes you feel with no energy we say it we use this expression in our daily life but if you want to measure and really define what is this energy you just talk about hormones and and chemicals and the, the oxygen level in your body so it's hard to to pinpoint but essentially there are activities that we say in Osho Active Meditation that you move your energy, you express your energy. And then this energy has different forms, can be emotions, can be blocks at a, at a physical level. And that's why people are stressed and they're pain and achy. And the mind, of course, you know, repetitive thoughts that you can't just, you know, the boss told you off something, you know, a bad email, the bad deal in business, and you keep mm-hmm. thinking of it all the time. So you just don't... If if you try to stop that, it, it's it's a torture, you know. So just and of course that's not what mindfulness teaches, you know. The, the mindfulness they teach you to watch and detach. But I find it extremely extremely difficult to do at the beginning for someone who is not experienced. meaning after many years of practice, when you have much more relaxed and you cleaned up your mind and your emotion and your mental toxins as well as your body toxins, then you can have a chance to enjoy a nice sitting, quietly, mindful session. So to do that, there are these oshoactive Meditations, which are very powerful, very effective. Thousands, millions of people around the world have, have done it, and, and they just work, and that's what I do.
0: That that is awesome. We'll we'll make sure we'll link some uh, some materials to the show notes of this podcast, so people can go and uh, take a look at the actual uh, uh, active meditation um, materials and and try try it on themselves as well.
1: Absolutely, yeah, yeah.
0: Now, Francesco, this has been such an in depth and eye opening uh, discussion with you. I've I've learned so much um, meditation, Wim Hof breathing. Uh, some great discussions on nutrition, ketogenic diet, um, and healthy lifestyles overall. Obviously, we, we had a great focus on the sort of mindfulness cold, cold therapy uh, and the breathing exercise, which, which is something which is very close to, to my heart as well. Um, now, before we end here, uh, what are your top three tips for, for anyone leading a healthy unfulfilling life?
1: Well, of course, as you just mentioned now, recapping all that we discussed, you know, the nutrition, you know, the cold exposure, the breathing, the meditation, the, you know, physical activity. We didn't talk much about that, but of course it's part of a healthy lifestyle, spending time in nature, all of the things that, you know, we know they are effective and powerful. And, you know, if you just do either, you know, two or three of that, your life can really improve. But if you—if I were to summarize a little bit more three Things um, that can be applicable to everyone, regardless of the specific choices, I would say to have good habits um, so and very care be very careful of the environment you are in because the environment is very powerful and can affect you so um, by environment, I mean the people you hang around with, the information you consume. What you read, what you put in your mind, and of course what you put in your body. So the toxins are not just the toxins coming from the environment in terms of chemicals, but also the, the information that you consume. because that is going to into your unconscious and will determine how you think and what you think. because exactly because we don't have much control over our thoughts, uh, you know we are like sponge that we absorb things from the environment. So be careful the environment. So if you want to have a healthy lifestyle, hang around with healthy people who are already a little bit ahead of you or, and and also read things that are elevating, that are things that can be positive and constructive, going in the direction you want to go. And that will help you to form good habits. And then having a routine and by having a routine, some people, you know, the When they hear the word routine and feel like it's boring, you know, I don't like, I want to change, but, you know, having like a discipline, meaning, you know, discipline is, is a beautiful concept. It's not something that if it's imposed on you, it becomes like I personally don't like anything imposed to me, but if it's something that comes out of my own understanding and I know that doing something is good for me, then... I follow it and I do it every day and that's my mm-hmm. discipline. So having a discipline but out of your own experience and understanding because that will, will stick with you rather than, you know, I'm saying this or someone else said that. But of course, you have to try, you have to experience so otherwise you would never have a <laughs> any habit and heavy discipline. Oh, absolutely. So, and the last one is uh, having loving relationship. You know, it can be a partner, it can be friends, can be just nourishment from, you know, the pet, the animals, you know, you can be just a place you live or a hobby you do, like having love in your heart in some sort of form, because that's, that's, it's health, you know, and it's not just uh, what you you do, but, you know, feeling this um, heart activated when you feel like you, you are in love with life, and and you have that sparkle in the eyes, that also helps to change everything in terms of your biochemistry and your mindset and everything. So that's absolutely, uh, I think, very important.
0: Those are some deep and very, very golden uh, tips right there, Francesco. Thank you so much. And I do think that, that there would be so much more to discuss with you. Maybe we need to schedule another um, podcast down the line to uh, talk about maybe, maybe uh, the uh, exercise and sleep and everything else around health, health, the, the healthy lifestyle as well. It's been a pleasure, Francesco. Thank you so much for joining our, our podcast. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right, guys. And Francesco, before we uh, before we go, uh, where can people follow you?
1: Yes, I've got a website called uh, loveosho.com, www.loveosho. So love is for love. Osho is O S H O.com. And uh, there is, of course, a link to the blogs, to the podcast. I also run a podcast and I interview. Perfect all the people who do Osho meditation. So, you know, there's a ton of information there. There are some videos on YouTube. And, you know, there is a bit of content if people are interested in that can have a look there.
0: Absolutely. And I, I will make sure all these uh, links are included in the show notes. So please make sure you go in and, and take a look at all this very, very useful information about meditation and and, and so forth. Uh, thank you so much, everyone. It has been a wonderful episode of All Weekly. This has been episode number 24 with, with the amazing Francesco Gatti. I will speak to you next week. Thank you all. Peace. This podcast is for general informational purposes only and does not constitute the practice of medicine, nursing or other professional healthcare services, including the giving of medical advice and no doctor-patient relationship is formed. The use of this information on this podcast or materials linked from this podcast is at the user's own risk. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice for any medical condition they may have and should seek the assistance of their healthcare professionals for any such conditions.